<laughs> Welcome to Two Bees in a Podcast with Downtown Donna Brown and our guest, Teresa Miles. Hello, Teresa. I'm so Hello. excited to have you. Hi, Donna. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> so we actually do not know each other um, ex- except for the the many emails that we had going back and forth. So this is actually the first time that we actually have uh, spoken to each other. Um, but I'm so excited to have you on, and I can't wait for you to share exactly why we have you on and and um, some 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 amazing things that you are doing here in the area. Um, but before we dive into all of that good stuff, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, certainly. I, my name is Teresa Miles, and I'm the executive director for the Women's Center here in Jacksonville. And uh, moved to this area about three, it'll be four years in um, about February of 2016, uh, specifically for this opportunity to work with the Women's Center. The founder, Shirley Webb, was retiring. And it was just a great opportunity. A friend of mine who lives up here called me and said, oh, gosh, there's an opportunity here and you need to look into it. And da, 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 da. And that's how we got here. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, so where, did, uh, where are you originally from? Um, you know, actually, a little bit of everywhere. I'm a military brat. So um, have lived in a lot of locations. Even after my father retired when I was a teenager, I um spent uh, my years as an adult moving into a lot of different places. I had wonderful opportunities after I finished school as a social worker to go from Florida to the Midwest to California, and then always kind of finding my way back to Florida. Yeah. um, Prior to moving up here, we were in Brevard County in the Melbourne area. Okay. I love that area. I uh, actually, um, at one point I was working with fanatics and uh-huh. we had a, a, a like an outsourced uh, call center in that area. So yeah. we would go down uh, quite a bit. And I love that area. So yeah, nice area. Yeah. So welcome back. We're so Thank happy you. to have you back. You know, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, when I was younger, of course, I loved to travel and to kind of get out, you know. But of course, before I, you know, dove into the whole family thing and had kids and stuff. And I lived in Oregon for a little while. And um, while I was out that in that area, because I lived in Eugene, um, on the weekends, um, when I was off, I would travel all up and down the coast, just, you know, exploring right. all the way up to Seattle, you know, and then all the way down to Palm Springs and California. And, um, they didn't know what to think of me. I had, you know, I guess I have more of an accent than I think I do. <laughs> and, uh, they're like, you're not from here. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while to get rid of the Southern accent. I have to work on it when I get around my family, it comes back and uh, <laughs> try and deprogram. Yeah, you, you can never get rid of it. So <laughs> so is there uh, one thing that most people don't know about you? Oh, gosh, that they don't know about me. Um, probably a lot of things that probably they wouldn't even care to know. I'm pretty boring. All things <laughs> <consider>. <laughs> um, gosh, Donna, you threw me on that one. <laughs> I know, you know, I, I said in um, the episode, this last episode we did, that's coming out Friday. Um, I was asked, I asked our guest that, and I said, yeah, I found out that a good friend of mine um, never knew it, grew up together, that she knew how to play the piano. Oh, wow. And I'm like, um, we could have used those skills, you know, 
sitting around and singing some like Christmas carols or something. I mean, yeah. could you have shared it a long time ago? And she's yeah. like, no, I didn't want, I didn't want anybody to know. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's one thing that most people don't know about you then. I don't really, yeah, I don't have any real hidden talents. Um, you know, my friends who have known for years and years and years know I'm pretty obsessed with John Mellencamp, you know, to the point where I was a melon head early on. And um, that, that would probably be my one obsession that some of the people that I work with don't even know about me. But. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Yes. And, and, I, and I love the fact that you, you know, um, you know, I still have to say John Cougar Mellencamp. Ah, and yeah. yeah, and a lot of people, you know, they, they know him as just as John Mellencamp. And yeah. I'm like, or just John Cougar, I guess, or whatever. But I'm yeah. like, no, no. I remember in middle school mm. that um, when Jack and Diane came out. Oh, yes. And that was my jam. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, oh, my God. I just love everything. Pink Houses. I love everything he does. And uh, just amazing musician. So. I would agree with you 100%. When um, it was funny, my husband and I had been married just a few months. And I got front row ticket or third row tickets to a Mellencamp concert. And. We went and he just had no idea how obsessed I was with him. And John Mellencamp was trying to quit smoking at the time and he was chewing gum and he took his gum and he threw it into the audience and I just dove for it. (laughs) Oh my God, what have I gotten into? And he goes, you would have put that in your mouth if you had caught it, wouldn't you? I'm like, "Um, I I (laughs) couldn't even answer it because I probably would have. I was so excited and in the moment. (laughs) Oh my God, that's awesome. That sounds like something I would do. I'm a huge fan of Gladys Knight. A oh, huge yeah. fan of Gladys Knight and, and of course, and, and Dolly Parton. But oh, I've yeah. been to several uh, concerts of Gladys Knight. And uh, one in Vegas was great. I was right up against the stage. Oh, very cool. And when she came out and when she was singing and she came up, you know, to the edge right there in front of me. And um, I said, I love you, Gladys. And she's like, I love you too, baby. And oh. and, and shook my hand. And I was like, she's oh. a bomb dick. I just love her. So, oh, that's so anyway. Yeah. So, uh, what was your first job ever? Oh, let's see. So kind of off the books job when I was 14, I was doing some work in restaurants, just trying to make money. So I I did a little of that when I was 16, I got a job at a noble Romans pizza parlor. And, um, you know, to this day have maintained the majority of those friendships. And so, you know, we're talking a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> almost 40 years ago. And I'm mm. still in touch with a lot of those people. That was really a, a great, that was a great job. I enjoyed slinging pizza. Mm-hmm. It's always those, you know, I, I, I was McDonald's uh, from 16 to 18. And then when I got ready to go into college, I quit that job. And, um, and you do, you keep those, those friendships. And a lot of my friends that I went to school with, we worked together there, you know, and just had a great time. We laughed and, it, you know, we got paid for it, right. To have a great time. And right. back then I think minimum wage was like, like $4 and something. I think mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what makes you feel inspired or, or like your best self you think? You know, I, I get really inspired when I'm around really intelligent, compassionate women. And I have the opportunity to do that quite a bit. So that's the kind of stuff that fuels me um, just sometimes just to sit back and listen to the ideas and the thoughts and the, the history in a room full of really strong, intelligent women. That's really exciting. It is, you know, and, um, and that's kind of why Brooke and I even started this podcast is 
the kind of um, we we originally we, the first like few episodes we didn't know kind of we were just kind of feeling it out we didn't know what to do with it and then we were like you know um, let's let's try to you know not only just women but we we've had some um, you know guys on here as well but we also try to just emphasize and you know one of our main questions is of course is asking even the gentlemen you know what's you know you know about questions about women and strong women and things like that and you know most of the time whenever you ask about their three top female heroes they always you know it's so easy for them to say that you know to come up with those Mm -hmm. it just it just you know and it's so important you know we all have to have those female strong leads in our life you know and um and they teach us so much Mm -hmm. you know they teach us so much and so I agree with you being with intelligent, strong women and having those conversations and sharing the knowledge and the passion about what, how you're feeling about something is, is amazing. So, and that's actually one of the reasons why we have you on here. So thank you. Um, so we try to ask this one and this is like a lot of fun. So, and I'm, I'm guessing I'm kind of maybe, I know where you're going to go with this, but I'm going to ask anyway, if you could have a song play every time you enter a room, what would it be? Oh, I don't know if you'll know where I'm going with this one. Actually, it's funny. It's it's Roar by Katy Perry. Oh, get and, out. I love that. It's new to me, right? So I had something going on. And I'm trying to remember what it was that I was so incredibly nervous about. And my husband downloaded it for me. And he goes, you need to listen to this every time you get nervous. And I played it for like 45 minutes in the car on my way to this. It was a speaking engagement. And I was just full of anxiety and mm-hmm. it just, I just kept playing it over and over and over again. And I, I just think it's a fabulous song. Mm-hmm. It is. Oh my, and I love her too. So she's a very strong female and then the song is amazing. So, yeah. um, well, let's go ahead and just dive into, uh, while we have you on the podcast and you kind of told us that you do, uh, you're the director at the women's center of Jacksonville, mm-hmm. but if you can tell us a little bit about the women's center of Jacksonville and just the services and all the wonderful things that you guys are doing here in the area, if you could share that with our listeners, I would greatly appreciate it. Oh, well, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Um, so it's a really exciting time for the Women's Center here in Jacksonville. In 2020, we are going to be 25 years old. And at the same time, it's coinciding with the 100 year anniversary of the 19th Amendment, the ratification to the 19th Amendment with women having the right to vote. So we've got two really exciting times, 25 years in Jacksonville, uh, in Jacksonville as a Women's Center, and then 100 years of women having the right to vote. So that to us is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and our services really, since the beginning, um, were built and established to help fill gaps in the community for women. The founder of the organization and a lot of really sacrificial, committed women came together and they they recognized that there was no common resource for women. So women in need would have to try and find their own way. So the Women's Center started out as a resource center in a small room in Riverside. And over the years, it grew. They took over a couple of rooms in Riverside, then a house, and then um, into a building here in Arlington. And um, I came on about three years ago when Shirley, almost four, when Shirley Webb was retiring. And at that time, the board of directors was really they had a strong direction about where to go and what they were looking for. And it was about sustainability, the organization, making sure that we're here for a really long time for women in need. And part of that was how do we do better 
in supporting survivors of sexual assault. And Jacksonville doesn't have a real good history in how they care for survivors. And the location that we had where we at that time were working um, was to provide sexual assault forensic exams. And in the building itself, it just wasn't conducive to healing. So they um, really gave me strong direction about running a capital campaign, getting a building, building it up and getting survivors into a better location. And we've been able to do that. We broke ground in October of 2017 and opened our new center in May of 2018. And um, that has been just an incredible journey and truly a labor of love for all of us that were involved in it. And now we have this wonderful facility where individuals and not just women, but anyone who's a victim of sexual assault can come and it's 24 hours a day, we're available to them. And our intent is really to create an environment that's healing. You know, from the moment they walk in the door, um, they've been through the most horrific time in their lives. So we wanna try and create an environment that helps them to heal. Um, so that is one component of what we do. We, we do advocacy work for survivors. We also do prevention of um, sexual assault in our community. We really have to work from both ends, both the recovery and the prevention. And we also do counseling. We have trauma-informed counseling available to not only survivors of sexual assault, but survivors of trauma. Lives are difficult these days. And um, women in particular face everything from you know divorce to death and abandonment issues. And all of those things create trauma in their lives. So mm -hmm. really great therapists who work with women in our community to overcome some of those traumas. Um, and we also offer education. We have a program called Expanded Horizons that's designed to help women who have really backburnered themselves in their education. So they um, are really looking to achieve and most usually it's the GED. They're really wanting to get a high school diploma or a GED so that they can get a better job and really work themselves out of poverty. And that's mm -hmm things that we really recognize is that women need a living wage and they need to be able to take care of themselves and their children. So we try to do that by educating them and helping them to overcome the barriers that have kept them in poverty. And we also um, work with women who are in the midst of breast cancer who need support and elderly individuals who have been maybe sexually assaulted or um, gosh, just taken advantage of um, because of their age. So we have a special program that's designed to assist elders in our community who are victims as well to help wow. survive. Yeah. It's, so, it's so profound. I mean, everything that you guys are doing there and it's, it's horrifying just to, to imagine, right? I mean, even going through that, but thank God that there's an organization like you guys there to um, help, you know? Um, well, thank even you. imagine, I mean, because, I mean, you know, I was, I was reading the website and, and, you know, I mean, people are oblivious to it. If it doesn't affect them directly, you know, um, from all types of things, from an illness to, you know, rape or whatever it is, but until it directly affects them, then they, you know, they want to, to have a voice and have a part of it. But I think it's so important that we share a message of, like you said, prevention, right? Right. And uh, because one in six women in Florida mm -hmm. um, are ra they're raped, you know, right. and um, that's 
one in six. I mean, think about that. That's that's pretty profound. I mean, yeah. it's um, yeah. And, and Donna, those are the ones that we know about that we've been able to count, you know, as far as statistics. Mm -hmm. go, but we know it's the most underreported crime as well. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, because the shame and I'm sure that um, it, it could be. And I was going to ask you this, too. I mean, is, is there's you know, I don't know if there's, you know, numbers around a lot of these. A lot of the time it's 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 people they know. Right. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, we do have those familial attacks and, and, and it really does create even more you know, difficulty for survivors to come forward when the perpetrator is someone in their family or a close friend or maybe somebody that they're dating or they've met for the first time that they just you know, have a casual relationship with. And mm -hmm. it's really difficult, especially like with our college campuses, one of the programs we run is a prevention program at Jacksonville University called Green Dot. And our intent is to help people understand that um, you know, they can be a part of stopping sexual assault, looking at the precursors mm -hmm. and things that could lead to that and how they can mm -hmm. make a difference by intervening in subtle ways as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because date rape is a reality and a lot of times young women are really frightened to report it because they'll see these people in the hallways. And so it mm -hmm. creates a stigma that they feel they can't overcome and therefore they don't come forward. Yeah. What I love about you guys, too, is it's not just a Monday through Friday, you know, eight to five type of thing. I mean, you guys are there basically 24 hours a day. Um, you have a hotline that, um, you know, the crisis intervention, um, they step up and, and um, you know, and help with information and referrals and, and whatever they can do to help the victims. And um, I love that part of it because it's so, you know, I've, I've, read and I've talked to, you know, all kinds of organizations and, um, to really, you know, I mean, to be 24 hours, that's what needs to be happen, right? You know, you can't allow these victims to, you know, have to wait, you know, five to six hours right. to reach out to somebody that they feel is a safe mm -hmm. place to reach out to. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, our hotline, is really for anyone. Um, we've had what we call co-survivors, you know, family members, when someone's a sexually assaulted, it's not just them who is traumatized, you know, oftentimes it's the spouse or a, a parent or even a child whose parent may have been sexually assaulted. So, you know, oftentimes we have co-survivors who call our hotline, just trying to figure out how to cope and, you know, how to get through this as a family. And that's an important mm -hmm. thing that we have that availability. Um, for people to call at any time because, you know, trauma doesn't work on a nine to five schedule. And oftentimes mm -hmm. those middle of the night thoughts and feelings and anxieties that, you know, really are present and people need some help at that time. Yeah. We talk about women and everything, but this also happens. There's, there's male victims. It's like 8% of rapes are uh, male victims, right? So yes, yeah. that's correct. Yes, yeah. that's correct. So any, gen um, any and, anyone. Yeah. And and, that, and that's that's so important, so crucial. You know, we always think about that as you know the women, you know, are the victims, but there are are male victims. And me as a parent, right, and as um, and my parents are older, you know, elderly and everything like that. And just every you know aspect of your life, it doesn't it's it's just doesn't affect you know um, just certain type of people, right? It's 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 it's, it's everywhere. So yeah. 
And that's very true. And, and the impact isn't just on the individual. You know, again, it's the family, it's the friends. And also, you know, from a purely economic standpoint, society has to be involved because this, this is a community issue. And, you know, a sexual assault isn't a women's issue. It's not a law enforcement or a state attorney's issue. It truly is a community issue. And when somebody is traumatized because of a sexual assault, their ability to get back on their feet, to go back to work, all of those things are impacted. So, you know, oftentimes survivors are afraid to leave their homes and that impacts their ability to do their job. That impacts the economy. I mean, there's so many things mm -hmm. that are impacted by sexual assault. and because we don't talk about it enough. Um, people mm -hmm. don't understand the ramifications to a community. Yeah. And I love the fact too, about the counseling services as well. Um, I wanted people to know about that as well. There's individual therapy, group therapy, sexual violence, counseling programs. Um, you know, myself, I have dealt with depression, mm -hmm. um, you know, and stress and things like that. And, um, this is some of the, the things that you guys cover there. You, you help, um, you know, people that are, are, are suffering with that. And the, you know, one of the, our guests that we had a few weeks ago is, um, someone that was overseeing the out of darkness walk for suicide prevention. Yeah. And it's so important that whenever these individuals go through maybe, uh, being raped or, I mean, they, then they deeply go into the depression and the, I mean, all kinds of things just steamroll down from that, right? And then it's so wonderful that you guys do offer the counseling for all types of, of things that people are dealing with, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we've even um, seen an uptick in secondary trauma, you know, with people who work in these fields, people who are dealing with victims on a regular basis, whether it's law enforcement, EMTs, advocates who work with violent crimes, you know, that secondary trauma is significant. And so we've been able to partner with some of our agencies here in Jacksonville who have staff who are impacted by what they see on a regular basis so that we can kind of help them process some of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's amazing. It's just, it's just incredible. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest with you is I don't, I don't think people, unless they have, you know, um, the specific need you know, I, I don't know if they even know where to, to you know, I, I just think the community needs to be more aware that all the resources that you guys offer, you know, and then in the community and um, how amazing you guys do. I mean, all the way from, you know, the sexual abuse to the breast cancer support. I mean, um, I have several, I've known several people that have went through that and suffered, you know, uh, with dealing with trying to find ways to, um, just try to find some resources to help them out, you know, because um, going through treatment and things like that, they couldn't work or whatever it may be. And, um, but this is a great support group that you guys uh, host there at the center, right? Yes, we do on Monday evenings. And we also do a lot of education surrounding breast cancer awareness and, you know, helping women understand once they've had their diagnosis, what that means, um, not from a medical perspective, but from um, just a process perspective, what you're going to go through and how we can help and how, you know, a, a community of women can help one another and lift one another up during that really difficult time. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, and um, I love the fact it's called, um, it's Booze and Buddies. Yes, Booze and Buddies. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, 
And, uh, you know, I love the fact that, you know, I've, like I said, I personally had, um, you know, some loved ones go through uh, breast cancer and um, what a great service this is, you know, for them to come together and support one another, um, you know, to, to just be able to talk. And uh, it's, it's amazing. So uh, thank you all for doing that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, the education programs, I have to tell you, I was in staffing for quite a while, um, temporary staffing and, um, the, a lot of the jobs that I staffed for were like factory type jobs and, and, um, but they still had to have a, um, diploma or GED. Mm-hmm. And I worked closely with, um, some organizations, um, in the area where I was at and I was able to get a lot of, um, the education for these individuals to go on to get their GED was able to get it waived and get them grants and things wow. like that That's to apply true. for that. But it was just so hard to get them to, you know, to proceed to do that, whether it was a learning disability or whatever. I told them that, you know, the, the organization that I was working with can help them. How do you get the word out? I mean, to let them know, is this just people that are coming in for other services? And then you say, Oh, by the way, that this is something, um, do you guys just help people just generally are having a hard time finding a job? They need a GED. Can they just come in and contact you guys and, and you guys can help them with that? Yeah. You know, we, we have really strong partnerships with FSCJ and some of our other um, programs that focus on literacy in the community. So we do a lot of back and forth with um, individuals trying to get the right fit to make sure that we are, um, you know, the best place for them. Um, a lot of it is word of mouth. We get women who come in here and then they go back and they bring their friends. And that, that's one of the things that really, you know, as a director of this organization, it just makes my heart feel really amazing when that's how they come to our services. You know, that's so much more powerful than, oh, I read you on a billboard. When a woman really believes that she is safe enough in our agency to bring someone she cares about in, you know, that, that to us is, is wonderful. And we do see a lot of that. And, um, and same mm-hmm. with counseling services, word of mouth, you know, people just telling one another, you can go there, they're safe, and they will, they will help you to the best of their ability. Yeah, I love the fact, too, that you guys, the, the programs that you have, is you kind of work around people's schedule as well. The times, the hours that you guys have allotted, because, you know, of course, you know, there's a lot of people that work days, there's some people that work nights, and you have programs basically to help them um, pretty much any time of the day you have, um, you know, uh, a reading class mm-hmm. that you have at different times. You have the math, mm-hmm. the GED math, I guess in this, in the evenings and, um, you know, uh, it's just different times you're able to help. Yeah. We really do try to work as, as best we can with the schedules that work for them, because, uh, you know, if they do have jobs, they want to be able to keep their jobs while they're trying to get their education. And so that's important. And the other part of it too, is getting to them. So we have an opportunity now and we've partnered with some agencies in downtown Jacksonville, because a lot of our women come from that urban core area and just getting to our office alone is, is challenging for them because they have to take one or two, maybe even three buses Mm -hmm. just to get to us. So any Mm -hmm. way that we can meet them where they're at, that's an opportunity for us. So we've partnered with the Urban League and we're, we're really excited to be able to come to them and make it easier for them to get the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. 
that's it's so amazing what you guys are doing and i can't keep you know i can't say that enough um you know it it really is uh you know and 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 what's so amazing is um a lot of the people that are helping a lot of these women you know to try to achieve that gd are volunteers Mm-hmm. Um, you do have volunteers that help you quite a bit and things like that. And me personally, I wouldn't even, I would love to do that. Um, so I'm, I think I'm ready to sign up and do whatever oh. I can. Um, yeah. Cause, uh, you know, I, it's just so important. And, and, you know, that's something I tell my kids is your education is something that nobody can ever take away from you. Mm-hmm. It's something that you will always have and it's yours Yeah, and yeah. it's nobody else's. Right. And so you can do so much with that. You're absolutely right, Donna. One of the stories I've told recently, we had a gentleman who had been tutoring with us for years, just really committed and dedicated. And he was in the evenings coming in and he had a young lady that he was working with. And then he got, I'm not sure if he was transferred or moved for an opportunity. He was in higher academia and moved to, I think it was New Zealand. And, you know, we're talking a pretty huge time difference, (laughs) but he was so committed to it. He talked to us about setting up a Skype system where he could continue to support that young woman um, through her journey. And that was wonderful. So she would come in like one o'clock and then he would zoom in at midnight where he was or whatever the time difference was. But I just thought that really was a level of commitment from a volunteer that, um, you know, just speaks to the dedication of people helping one another. And Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, learning is something that I think we, you know, we can look at as well because again, transportation is an issue for a lot of our clients and we've got volunteers who you know, they're just so versatile and willing to help in any way that they can. Yeah. And that's something that, uh, volunteer opportunities. I want to make sure that our listeners know as well. If you go on the women's center of Jacksonville website and it says right there, it says get involved and you go on the top and you click on that and there's volunteer opportunities and there's just a list of things, um, there that they would love to have you sign up and to help. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, um, I mean, from the outreach assistant to on-call advocate or hotline advocate, the literacy tutor, administrative assistant, the rate recovery team assistant, a graphic design and marketing assistant, and there's other opportunities. I'm sure that Teresa and her staff will be more than happy to utilize um, those amazing skills that you have in any way possible uh, there at the Women's Center Um and at any time you want to have a dance, you know, I'm a DJ on the side. I will donate oh. my services. Oh, how and, uh, yep. I will donate my services for any, anything that you, event that you want to have. I will donate that. So oh, you just let oh. me know. We will take you up on that. And thank you for that PSA, because I have to tell you, we cannot do it alone. We have the, the help of our volunteers creates opportunities for our community that people can't even imagine just based on people giving back. It's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I, you know, I want to call to action to all those people that listen and, and, you know, even from afar, I'm sure that, um, you know, there's something that you can do to help. And, uh, and I'm sure that Teresa and, and her amazing staff and her team will be more than happy to utilize those, those wonderful skills. So it's so important. And then, um, is there anything that's coming up that we need to know about that maybe you guys have coming any events or anything? You know, it's funny you mentioned that just before we started talking, I got this email. I've been going back and forth with um, the restaurant Jumpin' Jacks here in Jacksonville, the Mandarin area. 
and they would like to host an evening for us where 30% of the proceeds will come back to the Women's Center. And we're looking at doing that on January 28th. So that's like in the very top of my mind because I'm thinking, oh, we've got to get a flyer and get that. Information mm-hmm. out. So thank you for asking. That's one that's coming up right away in January. Oh, uh, yeah. So definitely um, everybody go out to Jumpin' Jacks um, on that. What was the date again? I'm sorry. Uh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, January 28th from 530 to 830. All right. Yep. January 28th, 5.30 to 8.30. I should not forget that because that is my uh, youngest son's birthday. If I forget that, something's wrong. Well, Donna, yeah. bring him for his birthday. Great place. I know, right? A family-friendly restaurant. Yes. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love all the tension. So. Um, the other thing we've got is an opportunity every year in April, which is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So we host activities from the very beginning of April to the very end. We actually have a kickball tournament to kick off the season of support and you know, prevention services for sexual assault. And it's, it's an exciting time. So we're going to be posting all of those activities and events on our website. They'll be in April. And um, some of the dates haven't been secured. But one of the things that our um, business community could really help us with is what we call denim, well, not what we call, but a national movement called Denim Days. And it is where um, we encourage businesses to allow their employees to wear denim and to pay to wear jeans. You know, some places do it, wear a dollar for jeans or what have you, but we take it on a particular day and we ask that businesses allow their employees to do that. And we ask for a $3 donation to wear those blue jeans and all of those proceeds come back to us to provide resources to sexual assault survivors that our our federal or you know local funding won't necessarily take care of. Um, you know, when a survivor comes to us, often we have the forensic exam process, and then we take their clothes as evidence. So our intent is to always give them brand new clothes to leave with, and we can't purchase that with federal dollars. So when we raise money like this, it really gives us an opportunity to restore some dignity to people you know, following the most traumatic event of their life. So mm-hmm. those events are really important to us. And um, we'll be doing a lot of promotion around Denim Day. And it actually is an international movement that started when a judge, actually an Italian judge had made, and I, I'm trying to remember the entire reference to it, but a comment related to a woman who was sexually assault, assaulted and indicated that her blue jeans were so tight that she had to have willingly removed them. And the next day, Parliament um, showed up in blue jeans in protest to mm. that judge's comment, and um, you know that that was a pretty powerful statement. And I think mm. once a year we put on our blue jeans and we recognize that we believe our survivors and um, ask our community to do the same. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's something that we can definitely get. I know a lot of uh, organizations. I've some places I've worked before. Um, they would sell those jeans days and, and people were always very happy to purchase, to be able to wear those jeans. Um, and, and also, you know, in the back end of it, knowing it's going to a good cause, right? So, um, so important. So absolutely. That's, that's amazing. So yes, definitely, uh, talk to you, you know, the listeners talk to your, uh, management team and, and mention that and, uh, see about raising some money for the women's center of Jacksonville. Um, so important. I'm sorry, Don, but we'll keep all of that going out on our website so that people are aware of it. And, um, the one date that we have on the calendar is August 18th. And that is the 100 year anniversary of the ratification of the 19th amendment to the constitution. It's a huge day for us. And it's also the celebration of our 25th anniversary 
here in Jacksonville. So um, we are going to be having a breakfast and it's going to be at the Hyatt downtown and there's going to be a lot of amazing um, opportunity for people to participate. So we'll be getting more information out about that as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yes. And if you need music or whatever, you just call me and I'll be there. You're on my short list. I've already written it down. (laughs) Yep. I will, uh, I will be there. Um, Without any hesitation. So, so if you want to go out and check out women's center of org, it has all the information out there. Um, if you know of someone that needs assistance, this is, I'm telling you, this is amazing what they are doing there and they're more than happy to help those individuals. Um, and then also there is a rape crisis line that they can contact. Um, and what is, can you share that with us? Uh, it's 904. 904- 721-7273. Thank you so much. So yes, definitely um, keep that in mind. And I'm sure you can, everybody has phones and you can Google it, uh, the rape crisis line in Jacksonville and that number will pop right up. Um, I actually searched it earlier today and it, it came right up on my phone. So, um, but yeah, if you, if you are, you know, um, if you know somebody that's, that's going through that and just please direct them. This is, these people are, are trained and they will take care of them. So, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, uh, is there anything else you want to add before we, I get into the pivotal question of the day? Um, no, I just, (laughs) I really appreciate the opportunity, Donna, to talk about the women's center of Jacksonville. Yeah. We really appreciate you being on. So, who are your top three female heroes? Oh, this is such a great question. I've heard it on your podcast before. And I, I thought that, you know, the, you know, I, I really played in my head, oh, you know, the glorious Steinems, the Shajorn Truths, all those amazing women that have come before us. And, and then I just started thinking about my personal heroes and, you know, my mom is without a doubt. Um, she's no longer here, but she was an amazing woman, you know, she, a woman of her time. She was, you know, coming into age in the sixties and, um, you know, married my father at a time that was really challenging in our nation. My dad went to Vietnam, did three tours. She was such a strong woman during that time, you know, raising the family really without my dad's presence during that time. And, um, you know, she, it just, she was a beacon for me. Mm-hmm. She, she just really was. So that would be certainly first and foremost for me as her, um, you know, and then I look back at history and you know, who I was always so impressed with was Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember even as a kid watching some of the, I don't know, mostly documentaries at the time when we were in school and, and, you know, just the amazing things that she did to bring, you know, slavery into freedom for so many individuals. I mean, hundreds of people that she was able mm-hmm. to bring to freedom during a time when, you know, women, not only women, but women of color were not regarded at all. And, you know, she just, she was, she was a spy during the civil mm-hmm. war, <laughs> you know, that, that's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that movie so badly and I yeah. haven't had a chance to see it yet. And, uh, and I agree with you. I mean, what an amazing, um, strong woman, right? You know, just to do that. Mm-hmm. And so could, and could easily been killed at any oh, time, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think for my third, so this is a local person. And I think I would, I would say that a lot of people agree with me, but it's Dolores Barr Weaver. Mm-hmm. And I, I say her name it really because when you look at what she and her husband Wayne have been able to do in the Jacksonville community for the nonprofit world 
it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't imagine what our community would be like without her. And she um, was the very first one to step up when we knew that we needed a building to keep survivors of sexual violence safe. And she donated a, a million dollars, 500,000 outright for us to renovate a building and then 500,000 in an endowment um, that she will match dollar for dollar. You know, those, wow. and, and you know, they are very wealthy people. They, um, you know, they own the Jaguars at some point and they, and they have a lot of resources, but they don't have to do this. And mm-hmm. she is such a guiding light for philanthropy in our community. You know, you, you see their names in so many places, but you also don't see their names in so many places because they're incredibly humble and, mm-hmm. and kind. And they have, it's, she's, she's such a lovely lady. And she says it's, it's hard for her because she believes in everything from pets to women to children. And, you know, she, she wants to do so much. Um, but I, I just personally here in Jacksonville, she is a shero to a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, amazing. I mean, and, and like you said, there's so many things that they do that that do not get you know the attention because they they very are they are very humble and just amazing people, you know. And but she is uh, incredible, and that what another one. Um, wow. Yes, I agree with you. And then yeah. you know what's what I'm privileged also is to be living in a time when she I've I've witnessed this right. I mean, to get to say this, I don't have to read about it you know, years from now, because I'm living in the time that she was doing all these amazing things, you know, and, and, um, and I totally agree with you. Wow. Those are three amazing, strong women. I love it. Well, um, now it's time for the quick spin round. So this is a little fun thing that we just give you two choices and you just pick which one you like best. Um, I had a couple on uh, Monday night that did this and they both said the opposite thing. And I said, well, good thing opposites attract because you are nailing it. So. I would imagine my husband and I would be opposite on a lot of things too. So we'll see. <laughs> so uh, we'll go ahead and get started. So spring or fall? Oh, definitely spring. Um, laundry, which is worse, laundry or dishes? Oh, laundry you would think i had to do it on a board by the river the way i act with laundry <laughs> and not stand it oh. <laughs> uh, i know uh i'm so thankful that my daughter she does uh she's a teenager she does her own i've tra- taught her and then my son he does he- his and his brothers so i only have to really worry about the baby the youngest one. <laughs> oh, you are blessed i have a teenage son and it is what is that smell? Oh, it's the clothes that were left in the washing machine that I never transferred over to the dryer. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my God. Bath or shower? Oh, shower. Yeah. Shower. I never have time for I mean, if you're oh, like no. me, I don't have time, yeah. <laughs> Amusement park or day at the beach? Oh, definitely a day at the beach. A day at the beach. Don't get that as much as I would like because I have a child who loves amusement parks. <laughs> uh, Netflix or Hulu? Oh, I'm going to go with Netflix. I like them both, but I think Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I get hooked on a series and I just like binge watch. I know. I know. It's terrible. But Handmaid's Tale is on Hulu. So I've really enjoyed binging on that. So it's kind of. Oh my gosh. Did you. So the first season we started watching it and I think I got to the sixth episode and I had to stop. Oh, really? I'm like, like, oh my God, this is is rough. I can't. It's hard to watch, but it's so compelling. You're just like, oh, it's hard to pull away. Um, The acting on that is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So riches or happiness? Oh, goodness, happiness. I was so short for Donna. (laughs) 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 Happiness. So most important in a partner, intelligence or humor? Oh, I, I, hmm. that's so funny because I've got, my husband is, he's brilliant. He's Mensa brilliant, which is kind of difficult for me at times. Um, but that, that, I'm sorry. Can I go 50, 50? Cause you, you can. The humor can. is that we need it desperately. And that's important to us. When sleeping fan or no fan. Oh, no fan. And that's where we're totally opposite. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all the blankets on me and he's got a sheet, if even. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're split family on that one. But. Teresa, thank you so much. You, you've been such a delight. Um, I just I so appreciate your time and uh, to share with our listeners. Um, it's such a great cause and such amazing things that you guys are doing. And I greatly appreciate it. Um, Donna, thank it, you. It is, um, so if you can, please be sure to subscribe and rate where you like to listen. If you have any questions for us, um, you can contact us at two bees and a podcast at outlook.com. And of course we're all over social media, um, Facebook and Instagram. We're on two bees and a podcast and on Twitter, we're at two bees and a pod C. And of course you can contact us on our personal accounts. And, uh, is there, uh, let's see, I, I think I already shared that the website is the women's center of jacks.org. They have, it's, it's a very great, very easily uh, to navigate through the website. Um, I'm all about the buttons at the top, and I love that the buttons are at the top, and I can, you know, I'm about to be 50, so I need the buttons at the top, okay? So I don't like this. I have no patience. And so, but this website is amazing. Um, be sure to go and check how you can get involved with this amazing organization and, um, and help your uh, fellow uh people you know it's it's just amazing and i'm ready to jump in myself so again teresa thank you so much thank you Donna. And, uh, i'm sure i will be meeting you soon i look forward to it i really do